The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Claude Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Once again, for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Clive, and I'm joined by none other than Ricky. How are you this evening, sir? Doing very well. Doing very well yourself. I'm in anticipatory spirits at the moment. Um, for those listening, you may notice an improvement in sound quality. For some reason, I decided to check out my old podcast studio, and it seems to be working not the way it was before, but we've got a workaround at the moment, and I'm panicking because it might just stop working at any moment. So the podcast will be five minutes long tonight. (laughs) If only. (laughs) You cheeky, cheeky son. (laughs) How are you? How are you feeling this week? Um, just about recovered from Sunday. Will you watch? Is this about NXT UK? Yes. Now, let's let's just get into it then, eh? Yeah. Do you want me to take the lead since it's listener questions? Yeah, you go for it. Uh, we've done some listener questions this week. Ricky put this out without my knowledge, and then I saw some notifications fill our Twitter feed, and I thought, oh shit, what's what's Ricky done here? But thankfully, some of them have tied into NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2. Not a mouthful at all. Um, so, we've got some listener questions. Some of them are to do with Royal Rumble. People like Tessa Blanchard and stuff like that. But there are some TakeOver Blackpool questions. So, I'm going to hand hand the reins over to Ricky. The Roman reins over to Ricky for the remainder. Um, right. So I'll disregard kind of like the Royal Rumble based questions or just the sort of general questions and I'll start off with our NXT UK takeover related questions. Um, first one here comes from Imp. Have you two, have the two of you recovered from a devastating main, main event loss yet? And which member of Gallus is the one that turns and reveals he's been a secret Rangers fan all along? To answer the first part, right, the second question was clearly just joking. Neither of them, because they're all rampant, raving Tims, right? <laughs> uh, to answer the second question, Imp, um, you've just lost a friend, I'm afraid. How how very dare you? <laughs> Have the two of you recovered from mm. devastating being avoid loss yet? I've not told you this, and I, I swear down a 100%. I took Monday off from work afterwards right. after the fact yes because... yes <laughs> <laughs> so I phoned <laughs> I phoned one of the people one of my staff and the team and I told them that look I'm not going to be in today and I shit you not 
I turned around and said, my friend went through a traumatic experience this weekend and I kind of just need to be there for him. I shit you not. So I wasn't in work on Monday. What did you, did you have to explain what the traumatic experience was? No, it just goes, how was your friend? Was it after covering? <laughs> yeah, I've got um, a case of PTSD, which is pishy takeover <laughs> stress disorder. <laughs> ah, not yet recovered. Not yet recovered from it. So at at the actual time, I had Monday off, not because of takeover, it's just I had Monday off, so I was watching it in the house and the wife was in the living room and she actually said to me, it's fake fighting, that's how upset I was. Because I must have fucking swollen or huffed and puffed. I was like, oh, come on! And uh, I was just so dejected, I thought, I felt as if it was happening, like... Joe Coffey put up such a good fight he was made to look like Walter's equal throughout the majority of the match started off strong I thought see even even the that excellent prime target episode that they had on the network a few mm. days ago it was all Joe Coffey heavy I thought they are this is like the big hype, hype video for him and I started getting some random conspiracies in my head that oh wow we have a Scot. We still have a Scottish woman as a women's champion. Gallus are still the tag team champions. WWE have just signed a deal with BT Sport, and Celtic matches are on BT Sport an awful lot. So I had it in my head that BT Sport had asked WWE <laughs> to make Joe Coffey the, the UK champ, so they could bring Try the now. belt onto the the matches. And and like you say, <clears throat> Joe Coffey and Gallus were all over BT Sport this week all over whether it be Twitter whether it be say um, the programme Prime Target whether it be just interviews and stuff like it was just gallows for front and centre of it all um, on NXT as well yeah and it kind of so the result itself was disappointing extremely oh, disappointing very much so I think we were convinced he was walking away with that title. Um, the match itself, I felt from the very first, from the very first um, ring of the bell, it was like two heavyweights going at it. It was really hard hitting. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like, you say, Joe, Joe Coffey really was ball as equal throughout it all. Um, my only issue with the match itself, two issues, but they sort of tie in with each other. I felt it went somewhere about five to ten minutes too long. I'd say probably about seven minutes too long. Um, I felt like that spot with Ilya Dragunov, I felt you could have done that a lot closer to the finish of the match. I know, you, know you had the moment where you had the moment where Coffee falls out, is outstanding out of the ring. He's kind of like trying to get back up and not show he's in pain to Volta and Volta sees this. But then there was a I felt like it was about a three, four minute period there where you didn't really need to do some of the things you had done. I felt like you could have put all of that in the space of about three or four minutes instead of dragging it out for an extra like six, seven minutes. Um, that was my only issue. I felt like you said the match itself probably ran about six, seven minutes too long. I think but I thoroughly enjoyed that match. Oh, I did. I mean. I was I was a nervous wreck watching it. I, I couldn't like I couldn't just sit back and enjoy it like I could the likes of the the ladder match and 
the Bait Devlin match, which we will definitely touch on shortly. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed the match. I thought it was, as you say, hard-hitting, equal, and it was very back and forth, and you didn't really know what was going to happen. And funnily enough, as far as I'm, as far as I'm aware, that was actually the shortest main event out of the three takeovers so far. I didn't feel as if it was too long, but I just think that um, you know what it's like with the takeovers in general. Triple H likes a long main event, so this is just going to be par for the course, really, these long main events. And I, I feel a lot of the Joe Coffee matches that I see in ICW, they're long anyway. They're, they're, you're talking about 20 or 30 minutes minimum. Oh, yeah, and that's, I think, maybe where a lot of people might have a misconception that that he can't do long matches, but maybe he's more suited to the shorter 15-minute matches, 15, 20-minute matches, but it didn't feel long watching it, right? But I felt when 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 the raw emotion of it goes away, I felt like they could have reduced it slightly, but watching it live, it didn't feel like it dragged on, but only once I kind of like sobered up a little bit from it, mm-hmm. I was like, well, you probably could have shortened it a little um, and not lost um, too much uh, from the match itself. I think <clears throat> the finish caught me. There's a couple of things. I know a lot of people were talking about the visual pin that when the ref got uh, bumped, it got hit, fell out of the ring, and, and you saw Coffee covering Volvo for the one, two, three. That a lot of people were like, "Why would you do that?" Like, I mean, like it happens all the time, so I don't really have an issue with that. To prove um, a point as well. Sorry? To prove a point as well. Yeah, um, and the other thing But you're was, right, it does, it happens in every match where the referee goes out, it's not exactly... Exactly, um, and the other thing that caught me off surprise was the finish. Like, I felt I felt like as it was, as, as the choke was locked in, you were like, and you mentioned another uh, social suplex group chat, that it might have been you or Josh or one of you's mentioned it, saying that like, I thought he was just going to um, pass out, and that was going to be the finish. But even the finish caught me a little bit off surprise because I I just didn't expect him to tap. I just think that's because we were properly invested in it. But I still felt that that was surprising that he tapped because you've built him up as he likes to call he's, he's a leader of a Gallus film and stuff like that. And I just felt like it could have it would have made it like it would have been like Bret Hart and Austin, but Austin doesn't tap and mm-hmm. he passes out, and it's like. He would have looked like he would have just looked like an even bigger dawn if that happened. Yep. You you touched on maybe shoehorning in the Ilya Dragonoff stuff a bit closer towards the end. If the if the submission was a, a proper wrench on the knee after the fact, then it might have been a bit more protecting of Joe, so to speak. Speaking of Dragonoff, did anyone else notice that he had muscles on his shoulder blades as well? Like, had he been taking Popeye's spinach-flavoured steroids before that match? Because he looked jacked like I've never seen anyone jacked in my life. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> uh, no, I loved the match. It had the drama that I wanted. It had the... It had the balls. And um, I just gutted. To, answer, to specifically answer the question, am I over the heartbreak? Yes. It's just I wanted a completely different outcome. What did cushion it though was I was very pleasantly surprised to see that Gallus retained in the tag title match. 
So b- before we get to that, we've still got a couple of questions really about Joe Coffey and the main event, and then we'll transition into that. Uh-huh. Um, to answer it, have I recovered from it? Yes and no. Yeah, I'm still gutted. I think I probably will be until I actually win the title, but I, you know, it is what it is now, unfortunately. T- but, um, Tetsu, your coffee? Yep. Yeah. Um, dear Lord, Rance has just asked us a mother of all questions. Oh, Rance. Rance. Uh, right, so, Mother Murray asks us, how should Ilya Dragunov suffer for ruining Joe Coffey's chances at winning the title? As soon as that happened, and as soon as the bell it, it finished, uh, one, two, three, I, I was messaging Murray and I said to him that um, we are getting Joe Coffey Dragunov next. Probably. I think Coffey will blame him for it. Um, so that's where I think they'll go. Um... And I suppose what they'll probably do with this real transition, maybe Gallus back into like a heel faction, but you know they've kind of been the same that they've been since day one. Their, their delivery of our message and their tone and their actions hasn't really ever changed. It's just that they were up against another heel faction, and by default or whatever, or people just assume Gallus were the faces here. But they did. Um, they, I think they were transitioning. That was the case because I touched on it last week about specific points where they turned them into faces and one that I forgot to mention was in the match between Gallus and Bartel and Eichner Bartel went heavy on Mark Coffey to the point where a doctor had to come out and stop the match but Coffey said no no I'm fighting on and the crowd the crowd believed it for believed it to be real so they were clapping him so I thought that was another wee touch to help people start cheering for them but I also think that they were also up against Imperium, another heel faction, and a heel Gallus or a heel Mark Coffey still wouldn't, you know, it, like everything they've spoke about, they never really backed down from a fight. Uh huh. Um, but anyway, uh, he also asks, right, that's fine, we can come back. We'll just we'll just get these out of the way, not in that way, but since we're advancing, Maurice, he says, where should the next NXT UK takeover be, and why should it be Glasgow? Well, I think Glasgow's going to get one. I think so too. But I think London gets it before us, though. My, I don't really. I mean, we're London going to or some, Manchester. We're going to some tapings, and I've actually got an answer to. I believe it was one of Sir Sam's questions that recently came in just before we started recording. It's not so much that I want a takeover to be in Glasgow. I just want a couple, like one or two more takeovers throughout the calendar year. And I think Triple H himself said that um, that's what we're going to get. Good, good. Um, and Murray's final question is, do we expect any NXT UK guys to appear in the Royal Rumble? Um, it's possi- Male or female? It's possible because, oh, I think female. Tony Storm will probably be in it, <clears throat> if she's going to be over there anyway for her match. Out of, out of the men wrestling so far, I know that Dragunov is facing Finn Balor, and I know that you've got Imperium versus Undisputed Era. I'm talking about Worlds Collide here, mm-hmm. which is actually shaping into a, a nice, wee, tasty exhibition slash Dragon Knights pay per view. Out of out of the four guys, I would say Volter will probably get a wee shot in the Rumble. I can maybe see someone like Tyler Bate or Jordan Devlin 
appearing. Um, I would like to see Jordan Devlin in this cruiserweight four-way match that's going to happen. Mm. <coughs> that would be tasty. In terms of the females, I think Kaylee Ray maybe depended on how her shoulder is, but she looked all right mm-hmm. on Sunday. Um, <coughs> anyone else? Kaylee Ray is probably the one that pops the mind straight away. That was like, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that women's match more than I thought I would. But oh, it, a great match. At the same time, I don't think Tony Storm added much to it. And I know my Tony Storm hate is strong, but if you look back, she didn't She didn't do anything to sort of further things along apart from nearly gain my absolute rage when she almost capitalised from Viper's Canadian or Glasgow Destroyer onto Kaylee Ray. <laughs> I was honestly, I was going to go fucking mental if she won that. <laughs> uh, right, since we're touching on that match, we'll, we'll come to the back to the tag team match. Um, I thought that was a real, another really, really good match. Um, Which one? The, the, triple, the women's triple threat. Aye, that was excellent. Really, really I good. Obviously, what helps is Kelly Ray and Piper never wrestled each other like a billion times. I think that's what they're gearing, they're gearing well, towards a singles match between those two. Exactly. So, <laughs> and the fact that they both kind of came up at the same time and they're both like grew up and like right next door to one another in a sense as well. Um, they've all they've all fought each other across the whole globe. I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. Stardom, I'm so like, Eve. You can countless of times of matches. So it was never really going to be. Um, whether it was going to be a good match or not in my mind I think it was just more so because that report came out with it Kayleigh was hot so you're like mm, how much of a how much of a detriment is that going to be now this is um, actually the how, first time I'm hearing about a hurt shoulder well apparently she was hurt and um, she was she was she said something along the lines like she, she's definitely going to be wrestling kind of thing um, but like I say, the fact that they've wrestled each other so many times before in the past, the match was never going to be a dud. Um, Happy Kayleigh uh, retained as well. Like you say, it's it's nice to see such a Scottish influence in NXT UK at the moment. Oh, it's fantastic. It's great. And I've said it before in our group chats, I don't care about British wrestling, but I can tell you right now, Scottish wrestling is fucking thriving. It's doing well. Um, it's doing very well. Extremely well, extremely well. Um, so yeah, just go back to that match. Um, I expect now to see like Kayleigh and Piper Niven like in a one-on-one type feud now. Um, yeah, it was. I say it was a really good match, uh, a very good match. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a positive and negative because while it was a good match, there haven't been many great matches in the women's division for NXT UK. It's something they need to work on. Not not so much. The main eventers, just the rest of them. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Um, right. So let me see if I've got any other questions we can tie into this. NXT UK questions. Right. What was the one Sir Sam asked about? Right, about Joe Coffey. Aye. <laughs> if Joe Coffey is in fact Jesus and had to die for our wrestling sins at the hands of Walter... When does he rise again and take the NXT UK title? Now, this is a bold prediction, but I'm uh, to quote a, an F- N- FNL, 
Would, uh, to quote and uh, to quote around the NFL, I'm locking it up, baby. Shout out to the around the NFL podcast. Yep. Right, what what are you locking up? Right. One of the reasons that I think Joe Coffey didn't get the... I mean, Triple H obviously thinks highly of him. He's been on all the takeovers. They're a dominant faction on NXT UK. Um, he's been in two main events. So Triple H does like Joe Coffey. It's just I think that there's still not a, a universal support of him. And you could hear a very divided crowd in Blackpool on Sunday night, like, few of them were booing when Joe Coffey was getting offence, and that's not the kind of reaction, reception you want to get to the crowning of what's becoming a pretty prestigious title. So what I think is going to happen is... NXT... Are you right, okay, I thought you were... Right. You tell me what you're thinking, and I'll tell you what I thought you were going to say. Well, what I'm thinking is... I'm not sure what's going to happen before then, but NXT UK are coming to Glasgow on the 20-somethingth of July. Yep. And I think they're gearing up for a TV... I know I do this all the time, right? I know. They're going to do a TV title change where Joe Coffey will win the title in his back garden, and he'll win. Then. And, and, and the thing is, right, and I thought you were going to say that, two things... If that does happen, that better happen at the Saturday tapings. Because see if that happens on the Friday tapings, you'll hate me forever. I will, I will. Because we were meant to go to the Friday show, but I booked the Saturday by accident. But see if it happens on the Saturday, you're going to love me forever. I think if they were to do that, it would be the Saturday because... um, I don't know. But see if it's a Saturday when I'd asked you to book the Friday. I'm I'm going to... Do something I know. to raise I your know. your raise your blood pressure. <laughs> I know. I know. And the other thing is um shit. I think it also takes place in Glasgow. Um whether that be at the tapings or whether that be a, a takeover at the end of the year in Glasgow, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think it takes place in Glasgow. Um Another thing I want to say is you touched on it, coffee came out to like it was a mixed reception and stuff like that. I think there's still there's a misconception by people outside of the UK or even outside of Scotland, I think, that mm-hmm. people say, What is it you see about Joe Coffee? Because I know I think it was James that says it in our group chat. Like, what is it? Is he over? Like, how is he over? Like, what's the appeal? I, I can't remember. It was something along those lines. I think what the appeal about him is is that he's around our age he grew up he's he, what like where the tapings are going to take place at Brayhead Arena Coffey grew up and trained like oh, around the corner from there uh-huh. like literally around the corner um, that he he's what like five six miles away from us yep. um, he's a season ticket holder at Celtic He he's just like your normal typical guy from over here and I think that's why it's easy to relate to him because he still is so down to earth and he just does the same things that we do right. um, for us I, I guess I, I, mean, I guess the best thing I'm trying to say is that you kind of see a bit of yourself in him I mean he's even putting out tweets asking for spare tickets to away games for Celtic on on Twitter exactly, exactly. I think so even it taking away it might not resonate with the rest of the UK but up here, I would kind of liken it in a sense to Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, when Bret Hart went back home in Canada, it was a big fucking deal. It was a, like a homecoming of a king. We were there when when he came out at NXT UK Glasgow, and everyone lost their shit. So you may not get that up and down the country, but what you're going to get is especially up here. And I think over time, people will kind of start to gravitate towards him. Yep. And even taking bias aside, put bias aside for a minute, he offers a wrestling style that imitates an actual fight for me. And Does that make sense? Like yes, and I think... He's not wanting to kind, do 6.30s or flippy shit. No. He's wanting to... Or start, start a fucking match off with a choreographed sequence that lasts for about two minutes and then a stare off. Aye. He's no, wanting no, to beat his opponent shit. up. Which is a gritty realism to me. Like, I don't mind, like, see when someone does it, when, when there's a botch in a match or something doesn't look pretty, or like when Volter goes up in the top row, you kind of saw him stumbling. I like that because it shouldn't look natural. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't look like he's constantly trying to do it in rehearsal and get in and fine tune it. I like to see because someone of his size and, and weight shouldn't be comfortable and natural up there. It just looks a bit wonky. I like that aspect of, of, the, of their wrestling ability. I like that. When it happens, I, I don't mind botching. I don't mind if something looks a bit, um, not so much careless, but I would say chaotic and out of control because you, sometimes you're trying, you're representing like an actual real-life fight. Yep. Um, like, fucking, do you think Deontay Wilder gets in the ring and is fucking, is trying to mimic what a prime Roy Jones or fucking prime Floyd Mayweather? And this guy's just launching fucking haymakers from everywhere and it looks fucking ugly at times. But it's a fight. Uh-huh. And I, I like I like that about the guys. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I'm a fan of cruiserweight style wrestling. I'm a fan of all the flippy shit right. and the technical sides. But sometimes you just need a, a a bruising. Sometimes you just not need to start a match off with this fucking stupid sequence, and someone just get someone, grab them, and beat the fucking shit out of them. <laughs> I I know. Like, I'm just not a fan of that kind of shit. The same way I'm not a fan of people standing about waiting for someone to jump on top of them. <laughs> I know. Uh, right, so we'll move on. I think that was all the Joe Coffee questions. I mean, we started off Joe Coffee heavy, but... Well, that's the way we do it. We probably won't touch on this again tonight, but I know that Sir Sam asked underneath that um, if yep. Joe Coffee is Jesus Christ and what does that make Seth Rollins? Is he a false prophet? Can I just say... The stuff that happened with Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy was one of the best things I've seen in Raw in fucking 1,500 years. <laughs> that little, that interaction was fucking fantastic. I didn't realise Buddy Murphy was sat at ringside to like, for like two straight on matches. I know, and uh, Charlie Caruso was asking, you are right? And he's like, no, not now, not now, Charlie. Mm. During the Eric Rowan match. And then you uh, completely forget he's there, and then Seth Rollins turns around and says, "Help us!" And it's this whole thing about Rollins being a messiah, Buddy Murphy's in need of salvation, and it just clicks together. And like, oh, mwah, mwah, and mwah, was, lovely! What was great about it was it wasn't like Seth set up or anything. It wasn't like Seth knew he was there. Seth comes right around, trying to looks around, sees Buddy Murphy, and's like immediately goes, "Help me! Help me!" And Aye. it was like, and like he says, it was almost like. A sign or Buddy Murphy's, Buddy, Buddy Murphy's prayers were answered and Seth's prayers were answered because he was looking for someone to help and he would have, he would have asked anybody he could, like, he could speak to and Buddy Murphy just happened to be there. And see when they were all posing at the end, standing tall, 
Seth and the authors of Pain, they were just staring at the camera, but Buddy Murphy actually looked to the looked to the heavens and closed his eyes as if he'd been saved. <laughs> it's like beautiful. Big, big, big fan of Hill Seth. Big, big fan of Hill Seth. Uh, and I'm always a fan of Buddy Murphy. I always have been. So if he's going to be on TV more, and this, he's in this very interesting, that was some good shared universe angle stuff. All for it. Good yep. stuff. Loved that. Absolutely loved it. Yep. So we'll transition back a little bit towards. Then we'll go to the first match of the night. I felt this was a pretty solid opener. Um, for me, it made sense that Eddie Dennis win. I think. Guys like Tyler Bate and Trent Seven over here can afford can afford to take losses like this, mm-hmm. um, like because there are stars over here on the, on the wrestling scene, so they can afford to take these kind of defeats. A um, couple of real brutal looking spots. Oh God, I razor's edge to the outside of the ring. Me, me and Vance are saying, uh, "What's happening to each other during it?" And we are trying to get this some traction on this like we're, we're utterly convinced that HBK hates Trent Seven <laughs> based off that one spot alone and we were just pissing ourselves laughing we're like, like we don't know why we found it so funny but we're, we're convinced Shawn Michaels despises Trent Seven <laughs> why would he? we don't know but I think that's the beauty of it I think that's why we found it so funny like why the like we couldn't find any logical reason behind it but we're convinced of it. I've not got much to say about the match. I thought it was over before it really got started, personally. Um, but that may be just through being spoiled from all the false finish heavy wrestling that we see today. And then I have to remind myself that although Trent Seven was dealt with quite quickly, he did die beforehand. Yeah, so, like, I have to just say, right, fine, fair enough. Wished it was a bit longer though. I know I know they've got better matches in them, but a message was definitely sent, do not fuck with Eddie Dennis. And that, I think that was an important was a pretty important message sent. Mm-hmm. So that says I don't have any qualms with that. I enjoyed that match. What a um, brutalisation. Oh definitely. Um right, so I'm just looking through the questions, the rest of them are kind of non takeover related. Um so we'll transition to the Tag team match, a fatal four way. Oh. Um. Again, once Gallus win, it kind of reaffirmed my reaffirmed my belief that we're going to walk out all Scottish title holders. Mm-hmm. Um. It. I, I said last week in a brief cameo appearance that my worry was that it was going to be too much of a clusterfuck. At times, it it was. It, you know, at the end of the day, like a ladder match, you're not going to get any real kind of story behind it, other than a lot of spots and guys are like putting a like body on the line, and you know. So there was moments in that match that I thought were one were really well done, especially just to start off with, like Gallus and Imperium went straight at one another. That was that was nice to see. It builds and uh-huh. in, ties into what we've witnessed over the last couple of months. Um, the big ladder spot in the ring was a bit I don't know if you needed that that was before the two crazy fucking Welshmen dived off the 
top of the ladder together. Do you mean with all like 50, 60 ladders in the ring? Yes. Aye, that was unnecessary. That was strange. You really didn't need that. Um, obviously then um, Mark Andrews and Morgan Webster died later on in the match as well. <laughs> See, the thing about that is they, you were talking about botches and sometimes they can add to a match. Mm-hmm. There's no way that... I mean, Mark Coffey went through the table just through sheer weight alone, which surprised me because I thought, if anyone, it would have been Wolfgang because he must mm-hmm. have a couple of stone on Coffee. Um, but you could see Mark Andrews saying to Webster, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, we need to do something. And then they both did it. And I, I held my head in my hands, just what the hell did they do? And the whole night, the whole but match... It was, it was Wolfgang that went through the table. <clears throat> no, it was Mark Coffey that the table capsized under him. Oh, I thought you were talking about the ladder spot. No, no, sorry, the bit before it when coffee. Mark Andrews put coffee on the table, but the table just broke underneath him. <laughs> and then they thought, right, we'll need to change this up, and they still managed to pull off probably a be- better spot. And that was just fucking ridiculous. That was I couldn't believe they did that. It's just you know, you get that feeling sometimes when you've got it's as if a bucket of cold water's just been drenched over your head. Yes. That shock goosebump thing. It was like, oh my God. And, uh, and then um, uh, you had Wolfgang with a spear through the ladder as well. He does deliver a great spear. Uh, it's a spear and he lifts him up and slams yep. him down again. It's fucking brilliant. I, I would say him and Angelo Dawkins have got the best spears in the business right now. Mm-hmm. And I, <coughs> I, I say, I think, I don't know if I said it to you or I said it to Ryan, so I was like, I think Mark Coffey is... I think he's a really good worker. Yes. I think I'm not saying he's great or anything like that, but I just think he's there's something about him that I really do like. Um, I think he can go in the ring. I think I think the more I see of him now every other week when he's when he's in matches, I I, I think you just see the improvement yep. happening, and I, I, I'm really impressed with him. Um, I will say though, the Grizzled Young Vets. Oh, I thought they God. were fucking fantastic and James Drake took a f- bloody beating during that match I, I, uh, the kendo sticks to the thighs that, that alone oh, was horrendous and, and see the great thing about them too is they're kind of like the revival in the sense of like an old school throwback wrestling tag team it's like fucking flips and ladders and all, like no what is all this but even for times during the match, you remember when James Drake was climbing up the ladder and you had um, Zach Gibson underneath him and put him on his shoulders and try to push him up. And it's like, even just little wee small things like that is why I think they're one of like, like the best tag team in the world. Uh-huh. Or the top, one of the top three. I just think they're absolutely fantastic. And they've got a match tonight. Oh, so they do. Oh my God. Kushida and Alex Shelley. And it's like... I get it's a big deal that they're back together and stuff, but I couldn't care don't less. You fucking dare! Don't you fucking dare eliminate Grizzled Young Vets? Oh, they probably will. They need. Well, I don't know because personally, I have a bad feeling it's going to be Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle versus Undisputed Era. Personally, I think they need to do a lot better with Kushida because he's just a generic mid carder to me right now. So I wouldn't be no, surprised not if they... at the expense of James Drake and Zach Gibson. See, I, I think I think James Drake and Zach Gibson are 
I do think they're the best tag team going. And if it was to, if they did win at the at the um, expense of the time splitters, then ha ha. <laughs> <coughs> like I would, I think I would love to see undisputed era versus um, Chris Young vets in the finals. Aye, but is it not going to be a possible semi final appearance first between those two if it does happen? Are they on the same side? Aye, they're on the same side as far as I'm aware. Are you sure? From the from the graphic that I saw when the Dusty Classic was first announced, I look at the graphic again. But either, I mean, either way, you've got two amazing tag team matches tonight on NXT. You've got the women's battle royal, and you've got a triple threat for the um, to see the who will join. Aye, for the cruiserweight thing. That's a a bloody stacked episode of NXT tonight. I have to say. I need to find this. <laughs> The, the graphic. The, the, one of the other things I loved about the ladder match was the acoustics of the hall. Even when ladders were fl- getting pushed back in under the, the ring, it sounded like mm-hmm. an explosion was going off every time. Genuinely, I thought bombs were going off in the middle of that. Aye, it sounded like explosions. And uh, mm-hmm. going back to coffee, I have been admittedly harsh on Wolfgang privately and publicly, but I think he's been fantastic the last wee while, and they've done very well for themselves. Obviously in terms of agility or whatever you want to call it, just work rate in general. Undisputed Era are ahead of them, but Undisputed Era made them look good last week, I think, on NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, their tandem moves with the sort of slingshots, the moment drop onto the ladder, and then Coffee du- ducking out of the way for that monstrous spear through the ladder that broke. That was... I, I screamed. I, I screamed with joy just what, what a sequence that was. Um, so it was great. Very proud of Gallus that night, I have to say. And it did cushion the blow. What else cushioned the blow was Undisputed Era coming down at the end, so I can understand why Coffee lost for this whole Worlds Collide stuff, but that plus um, Gallus winning, happy days. Mm. I mean, the other match tonight, dear Lord, Matt Riddle and, and uh, Pete Dunne versus Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews. And Many not, oh, that's maybe, be so good. Many may not realise, but Pete Dunne and Mark Andrews had a match on. It, it wasn't exactly a. There was an NXT U. It was just a UK tournament special. It wasn't a spin-off or anything. It was just before Pete Dunne fought. Pete Dunne fought um, Tyler Bate. Gibson. Oh, Tyler Bate at Chicago, and they had a couple of hours on the the network. And Pete Dunne and Mark Andrews had a stonker of a match. So they've got chemistry together. Um, anyone who's not really seen Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews together you're in for a, a shock tonight and I think if you've not seen the Grizzled Young Vets or you're unsure oh man you're going to be blown away tonight <laughs> I know like you're, they're just so damn good if you like the revival you're going to like the Grizzled Young Vets yep um, right so Funny enough, surprisingly, we never get any questions related to this match, but Jordan Devlin versus Tyler Bate. An instant contender for match of the year. lived up to the hype. Oh, yes, very much so. Remember what Regal said in the Prime Target, saying everyone likes to do matches of the year lists at the end of the year? Well, you may as well just rip up your paper and pen and throw it away because Tyler and Bate 
Tyler Bate and Jordan Devlin will be match of the year, and it's already yep. it's already is. I know it's only the fifteenth of January, but my word, that was a a classic. Hey, I'm sure it's going to it, it could well drop further down, but see when it comes to like a purely WWE match match of the year, this is definitely going to be right up there for consideration. Um, it's not the best match I've saw this year anyway, like in fact on other promotions and stuff, but. It was still a fucking great, great match, and and we're not star rating guys, but I mean, it was not given five stars, and that's fucking bullshit. Um, it was a five star match. Um, I thought the pacing was excellent. I was actually, I was really wanting Jordan Devlin to win. So was I. Um. But the match itself really did live up to the hype. Um, I'm all for seeing round two. Right. So I've not saw... I've not come across any spoilers or anything. So maybe they are, maybe they won't. Uh, But yeah. And I think Rich said something along the lines like, they just had like an all-time classic slap bang in the middle of a show, which is... Generally, some people, like you know, it might not be the great spot because if you're not opening, you kind of want to be one of the closing acts. But they fucking delivered. They've delivered in a big, big way. Um, you would, you would have to wonder how can you follow that. So I have to hold my hat, take my hat off as well to the card placement because that was a classic. It was excellent. And, and I was actually expecting this to go on fourth. Mm-hmm. But for that to for the ladder match to follow, which is might not be the purest wrestling match of the year I've seen, but we like our organ organized chaos. And I think it was. That's, at least that match, that's a match of the year contender for me as well. And if it's if there's an organized chaos category, then it's definitely in there. So to follow up an instant classic with just a a mental cl- clusterfuck that was very cleverly done. It was, and like I it doesn't necessarily need to be like this. This great wrestling match um, that followed it, because you've just got this big spot fest and just a lot of craziness going on. So it worked out perfectly. Um, but yeah, man, like if if it's not going to be Joe Coffee, then there's going to be it could be Jordan Devlin. I also think in a few months' time, you could be looking at a kid. Potentially being the one to dethrone Volta. Um, there's a couple there, but Jordan Devlin's there. I think, as I said, I was surprised he never won it because I thought maybe you'd now start to push him in towards getting a title shot at some point, and maybe you do that over the next couple of months. Maybe. But, uh, that one actually delivered. It just it delivered in. I don't know how anyone couldn't enjoy it or anyone had any kind of issue with it. It was a belter. It's as simple as that. The match was a belter. And what I loved, I loved that Jordan Devlin was savvy to the bop and bang that Tyler Bate would do. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he stopped it. Yep. He stopped the bang early on in yep. the match. And then there was a bit where Tyler Bate was down on his back and Jordan Devlin was just taunting him raised the bop and sl- slowly raised the bop and just fucking hammered the bang into his face as he was lying on the mm. mat. Thought, oh, you devilish beast. 
so good, so good. <laughs> I, I like I like that face off when he when he initially stopped it when he initially blocked it. Uh, <clears throat> just a big massive job, Devlin fan. Oh aye, oh aye. Right, so shall we move on to these other general type questions? Um, I'll read out Rancy's last question right at the end, and we'll decide whether we want to answer it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Right, so good friend, Mr. Rab Ropes, asks us if you were an up and coming wrestler or even an established star that has some skeletons or tweets in their closets, would you stay silent and hope they never come out or try and get out in front of it? So I'm always assuming this has come out from just like some of. Obviously, with Tessa Blanchard stuff, that was more so like face to face and shit that she's doing to people, but. Like says, there's been countless other things that have come out from people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, deleting all your tweets and stuff like that, like someone's going to have it somewhere. Screenshots. So exactly. So just come out and and own it. Like yes, I said it, and I apologise. Uh, because look, see, at the end of the day, I think everyone can make mistakes, right? I think. A lot of us can be forgiven, depending on what it is you've done. But I think if there's a genuine sincerity, sincerity behind your apology, a lot of people will say, "Do you know, like I may not be, may not be your fan, I may like what you've done, but at least you, at least you took ownership of your actions. At least you." you've fronted up and says, I messed up and I genuinely apologise. And, like, maybe... And I'm not, I don't want to defend people here, but maybe you made statements and you were just being ignorant. And now you say, look, I've developed in as a person. I've researched on things. I'm more aware of certain things. And, and I was uneducated back then. I made mistakes. So, I, me personally, I would just come out and fucking own it. Yep. If I was um, a WWE wrestler just now, I would very much just say, right, listen, I need to make a confession. I took some audio of me doing a shite on someone's face once. <laughs> um, so here it is. My name is Mitchie Bennett. Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason I say that is it's not just it's not just within the sort of wrestling world that these people could get backlash if things are unearthed later on because... A few weeks ago, Triple H was on Corey Graves' show and they were talking about, uh, sorry, Corey Graves' podcast and the subject came up about what would what are people going to do? Like people's bump cards are filling up but there's still people that want to come back and they, they can't let the business go. And Triple H actually mentioned something about wrestlers doing different content. Gen- content um, what's that word? Intellectual property stuff. Um, different mm-hmm. content creation and I've actually noticed over the last few weeks there is a pattern there you've got, I saw recently that Leo Rush released a song um, Drake Maverick, EC3 and Braun Strowman have got some sort of promo comedy show that's on YouTube called Magic City or something like that yeah. um, Corey Graves, New Day and I believe Alexa Bliss have got a podcast coming out backstage that's the the backstage program uh, the bump you've got all these wrestlers doing pundit spots where they're the pundits of the show to me that says that there's someone that's involved in I don't know what the department would be like post 
post-career options or something because they're all doing things that are out with the wrestling ring. I know that has happened before, but there seems to be quite a quite a lot of them at the moment. It's quite heavy with albums being recorded and YouTube shows and podcasts being done in pundit spots. So it's as if it's opening up different avenues for these wrestlers. And if it happen, if it so happens that these wrestlers end up getting over out with wrestling, but doing YouTube shows, or if Leo Rush becomes like a big name in the rap world or something like that then the skeletons in the closet or cupboard or wardrobe, whatever you want to call it, they're going to reach more eyes that way. So it's better to just say, right, listen, I took a shit in someone's face now rather than it come back and haunt you later on. Come back and shit on your face later. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I just... Fuck Tessa Blanchard, by the way. Fuck her. Oh, most definitely. Well, um... Did Sir Sam not give us two questions? I can't find that other one. Uh, I'll find it. It was, to do with, it. it was to do with the rumble. Yeah, uh, I'll find it anyway. Um, right, so we'll move up. Next question. Um, comes from Rans, one of about 40 questions he's got. Make a new WWE stable. Any brand, only caveat, it has to be four people. Male or female, and one has to be a current main eventer or pushed to the main event with their stable. Do you want to go first? I mean, I would just add Kaylee Ray to the fucking Gallus, and there you go. Hi, <laughs> young team. That's it. Um, right, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. I would maybe go, and this is going to be maybe a bit boring, but Roman, the Usos, and either Naya or Tamina. Right, the Bloodline. I mean, I would love that as a heel faction. I think the Bloodline's a great stable. Mm, I would love that as a heel faction, actually. Um, or you could go potentially go. Let me see. I'll let you go and have another think. Right. It would be a bruiser one, so you've got to have Bianca Belair, Dominic or Donovan or Donny Boy Dijakovic. They're your two muscle. So a mid-card muscle there. Uh, a tag team of the vets, the grizzled young vets to just basically show that this is how it's done and for your mouthpiece slash main eventer I would have let me think well here's the thing Bianca Miller could be your main eventer and Zach Gibson would be your mouthpiece oh imagine him as a mouthpiece Right, so He's great on the mic. Grizzled Young Vets, Bianca Belair, and Dijakovic. Okay, okay. Right, so we'll move on to the next one. Give me your wish list for NXT UK. Who would you like to see signed, possible and impossible? Possible, Andy Wilde from ICW. I think he's had a few tryouts and have not went his way. Uh, another possible would be Session Moth 
but I imagine her gimmick would be watered down heavily on that, so oh, probably I like big, big time, so maybe not. Impossible, not too sure. Um, <coughs> impossible. Probably, I imagine someone like Stu Bennett would be good. I will love bad news, bad news about it. As a manager or something like that? I absolutely love this gimmick. I'd they love, missed a trick. Love Shah Samuels as well, he'd be brilliant. He would be. Um, they missed a trick that year at the Royal Rumble when everyone was clamouring for, was it Daniel Bryan that year I think it was? It was. Or was it Punk? I can't fucking remember. It might have been Chicago. And it was the year Rey Mysterio came out. Last? Yes. They should have fucking had him appear and say, I'm sorry, but I've got some bad news for you. And it's like, why didn't you do that? <laughs> Monster, he, he... Like, I thought he was fucking tremendous. I loved it. <laughs> you uh, were a big fan of him. You're a big, big fan. Realistic signings. You know who I would love to see? None other than Mr. Jackie Polo himself. See, I don't know if he's taking a back seat or not. Because he's not wrestling for ICW anymore. I think he's involved more in the behind the scenes of the, see the, the family version, the mm-hmm. wrestling experience. But I think I would like him in wrestling. You know who else I was kind of disappointed we never got? Joe Hendry. I know, I know that that rankles me. I think he's perfect. Because we say that, like, as Scots, Scotsmen and Scotswomen were not particular articulate. He came across intelligent, spoke really, really well. And I think in the ring, I don't think he'd done anything, like, to wow you. I just felt like he'd done everything kind of pretty good. Which, is, which goes a long way. Exactly. I felt overall he's pretty solid. Uh, that would be too Shaft Samuels as well I think would be great oh he'd be hilarious but Joe um, the, Joe Henry's got um, he can get silly gimmicks over Shaft Samuels can play babyface and heel very well yep you know who I would like Kings of Catch yes I, I know we've just mentioned like a lot of British guys and stuff right but the premise of NXT UK is in its name. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think I like them. I think they're really, really good. I've mentioned them before on this podcast. I would love and Liam Thompson to go over as well. UK or even non-ICW fans won't, might not know who they are. Just, just go give them a wee quick watch. I think you'll be, you'll be pleasantly surprised and, and quite, quite impressed. I think. Last one I think would be very good. He's, he's very behaved and does what he's told. I'd love to see David Starr in NXT UK. <laughs> oh, great wrestler. Great I think he's fascinating. Wrestler. Sorry? I think he's fascinating. Like, I just. I know he's, a, he's an absolute dickhead. And that's it. Like I, like 
I don't even care about the message that he's saying, right? Like, we the Indies and what saved independence and all that. And that's all well and good. I like that, right? But it's just exactly what Jordan Devlin said in that promo for OTT. Mm-hmm. Where do you think this hatred and all this stems from? The countless mm-hmm. times that you're told no. Aye, and TNA as well, and Ring of Honor, they all said so, no. Like, what you're doing is great, like, really fucking great. But you're doing it out of sheer bitterness. And, and what it is, it's like, you want to be a martyr for the cause, but you never created the cause. It was, you were pushed towards it because of the bitterness that you held towards some of these other companies. Mm-hmm. He was starting with fucking great, those we would. Oh, he's, I could watch him promo all day long. I would shout at the screen or say you're a fucking liar or a hypocrite, but I would still watch him. I think it'd be amazing. Ah, that match last year with Jordan Devon OTT was, was special. That, you took the words right out of my mouth. That was a, a special moment. Like, that promo video alone was just worth it. But then the match, the face-off, the security in the ring... The crowd right on top of the ring. Now he was calling himself the import killer. John Devlin had turned his back on Irish people and Irish wrestling. <sighs> Fantastic. I'd love to see David Starr there, actually. Um, another one. Um, I'm trying to think. Let me see another realistic get. Um, you know who I like Stevie Boy yes I do I, I like him I like he's him. good he's a very good what great wrestler um, unrealistic Zack Sabre that is unrealistic, but that would be amazing. It is. It's a bit, I'm like, I'm, I'm just trying to keep it as realistic, as unrealistic as possible, because I'm only saying because he's British. Now, if I'm going to be unrealistic, yeah, we could name off, like, Okada, etc., etc., but, like, no. Like, I would love to see um, Zack Sabre Jr. It, it's really unrealistic, <laughs> but that's that was a purpose of that was a question another unrealistic one would be Jodie Fleisch purely because I think he is yep. he's old old air mm-hmm. sorry and he picked up an injury last year and he's struggled since then but Jodie Fleisch is excellent I would have loved to seen him tear it up in um, one of the beautiful 20 by 20 superior WWE rings <laughs> Yeah, uh, so we'll move on. Yep. Uh, right. So, Ranchi's next question. What's more important to you as a fan? A new Royal Rumble winner and a new star made with a great mania build and loss? Or a, sta- a status quo Rumble winner with a lackluster build but with a match of the year at mania and a win? I'm going to let you answer this one because I'm not my Royal Rumble my love for the Royal Rumble's not there at all these days so it reminds me as strong as ever yep so, right, so here's right so 
what Rance doesn't clarify there is a new Rumble winner and a new star made with a great build and a loss. How is the match? You know? Let's say it's a good match. Well, let's say it's not because it contradicts. Like, it, it goes against the other bit because the other question is a ship build with a, a normal, usual Rumble winner but a great match. Do you know what? Mansa would be a great match because... Um, I don't care much about the Rumble anyway at the moment and I think WrestleMania has lacked like work rate matches recently. I get it's a it's a variety show but we need a bit more better wrestling and actual matches for matches sakes on the wrestling card and I would like that please. So the second option. And, and what have I always said when it comes to a great in-ring wrestler or a great character, what do I choose 10 times out of 10? I choose the great in-ring wrestler. Give me the I've basically described Chris Benoit over and over again. Did you see what his son was saying recently? Yeah, I did. Once we know as Chris Benoit Jr. wants to come out the same music and stuff. Like, If that's what you want, man, go for it. Go for it. I don't know. I guess, I guess it's it's admirable in a sense that he was like, look, that's who I am and I'm not going to shy away from it. And if you don't want to book me or you don't want me in your company, then okay, fine, but I can't hide away from who my father was kind of thing. Especially when done. you're especially when you're the absolute double of him, you can't... Oh, he really is, you can't get away from that. It's scary. I know. But yeah, I choose, I choose the great wrestling because I think... <clears throat> I think if you really wanted to, you can make a star. And I don't mean like a star on the same level as like John Cena and Roman Reigns and blah 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 blah. Like there's different levels to being a star. Like I don't think I think it's quite easy if you just allow someone to go out and say, look, even if I'm going to write your promos, but here's some bullet points, hit these, and you bring that promo together and just go out and have a fucking banging match. Yep. I think I think if you, even sometimes you don't even need to let people talk too much but I think if you just let people go out and just have banging match after banging match a lot of people are still going to gravitate that person and be like well I like this person obviously I get you're going to have to get to talk now and then and to be somewhat interesting but you know like it's you don't get that blend all the time someone who's great on the mic and has this great outgoing persona and personality and, and has the wrestling skills to match it they are few and far between so, yeah, I take the great match over and over again. Um, right, I need to try and find Sir Sam's. I know what Sir Sam's was. I think you just asked it. Is it? Right, there it is. You found it? Yes. Well, where the fuck did it go? Right, basically what Sir Sam was asking was, with the build to Mania and the sort of build of the person leading him to Mania hasn't been as great as it used to be. Would you consider moving Rumble to late February? Why can't I see that tweet anymore, though? It's it's, it's, um, a reply to one of his own questions, so that might be why you can't see it. I'm scrolling through his own... Well, that part doesn't matter. What's your answer? 
repeat the question. Oh, there is there. The last few years, the Royal Rumble winner has seemed to lose steam heading into Mania. Should WWE move it to the end of February? So calculate what you're looking at round about three months by the time you head into Mania? Two and a half. Let's say two and a half. Did Abushi lose steam heading into the Wrestle Kingdom match with Okada? I don't know. I'll answer it for you. No. Right. I don't think it's difficult to like to keep us invested in someone. Like just put the damn like for you know how normally we do at at the pay per view in between the rumble and mania, they kinda of have a throwaway type match and like why don't you just have someone come in and challenge them and bait that person into putting that uh, title shot on the line at, at the Backlash or Pel- uh, Elimination Chamber or whatever pay-per-view it is. Thanks to Chamber. Why don't you just do that? And, and, and don't have it someone like who you don't... I mean, 99% of the time, that person's going to retain it. But why not put it in with someone who you're like, hmm, there's a little bit of doubt that, you know, this might he might actually lose. Uh-huh. I don't. I genuinely don't think it is difficult because, I mean, I don't think Becky lost steam last year. But I think I can see where Sir Sam's coming from, mm-hmm. and I would agree. I think Becky was was kind of rare to that. Um, so let's well, say like even the Kofi thing, like you could have. You could have given him that title shot like, like the following week after uh, Elimination Chamber, but you you you, you took you prolonged that story for another like three weeks or so, maybe even a little bit longer. I, I genuinely don't think it's difficult. Where you just say, right, well here we go, um, Roman Reigns, you win the Royal Rumble, congratulations, and then you kind of have someone antagonising over the cup, next couple of weeks. Whether it be someone like, uh, say, Seth Rollins, for instance, and then you say, right, well, that title shot is going to be on the line at Elimination Chamber, and and because it's someone as credible as Seth, you're like, you know, like Seth might actually win the match, and then you come out of that, and then I get there's still going to be six weeks to WrestleMania, mm-hmm. but you don't need to fucking have like promo segments, just. Just run like some backstage vignettes. Like, do you know what I fucking miss? I miss like some of like the training montage videos. Aye. Like, just have someone sitting down at, at the edge of a river and just talking about their journey and how they got there and how much it means to them, etc. Blah blah blah. And I hate to say it, but with Roman, you can come at the angles like, "Look, I'm, you know, I may have thoughts, mate. I might not even be here." Like etc. You know you could come with that. Like I don't think it's difficult to write six weeks worth of TV for two people. You know, and then what I always like, and this is I think when I'm a bit unrealistic, right? I would rather <coughs> there was no like physical contact between the two wrestlers. Like I absolutely, I would love it. Like you could run vignettes and you could run like interviews and stuff like that, just like you're doing like an MMA and a boxing build-up, and then that final Raw, 
is when they finally come face to face together, and that and that comes across like as a final press conference or the way in before the big fight. Yeah, I I I I would love that. I love that kind of build, and that's what I love about the boxing. Like, because HBO, I don't know if I still do it, or they used to do like them. You know, uh, build up to the fights, and you would you would flip flop between training camps and different interviews, and you'd see them at family, you'd see them at home, and stuff like incorporate some of that into that fucking shit. It's awesome. Do you know what I think would make it a bit more interesting as well? As if there was a title change in the February or March pay per view, where we had a shock win of someone else. Because look at the the Austin and Rock build. Austin was going to Mania in two thousand one, seemingly against Kurt Angle, but then Kurt Angle lost to the Rock. And then that's when the feud started. What's been happening recently is we know what the match is the night after Royal Rumble. And I'm alright with that because <coughs> we know the match for Wrestle Kingdom like five months or something in advance. But just throw some wrinkles along the way. But throw the... in a, like you said, throw in a title defence. Throw in a you must defend your your Royal Rumble win against someone like throw in just a couple of wrinkles and then the last four weeks or so just go into overdrive with the build. Yeah, I mean you've got one week where you can do the the training montage slash sit down interview of one person, then the next week you've got the training montage slash interview of the next person. That's two weeks. You can have a contract signing where they're not supposed to touch each other and then the week before the, the go home show you can have the brawl. I wouldn't even have the bro. I love, I love that anticipation of as soon as a bell rings and like, oh, here we go now. Ah, I, 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 I personally, like I say, this is where I might be unrealistic. But I love, and I know sometimes like boxing and MMA guys kind of get into it a little bit in press conferences and and other way in and all that. I wouldn't even bother because you know what happens with the bros. Fucking security comes out in the ring. Everyone comes out to the ring and separates them. It's like the same shit we see all the time. I would love to see just a little change on something different. Mm. A person I would love not to see any of them hitting one another. Well, you've got six weeks of TV and a couple of pay-per-views in between, so it's hard to do that these days. But that's what I think. The first four weeks, they're not going to have any real interaction. <clears throat> because we still don't know like the official match as such, and then I feel like the next five weeks, like you should be able to do it. Like I don't know, I, I just like that whole we dig into their how they're training for it, uh-huh. and and don't make it look generic and boring the way the same nonsense that people come out with. Like actually, like show them training and and going through different things and trying different things and. And get them to dig into how they got to this point in their journey to getting there, and etc. etc. Et like, and, they... and maybe and maybe show like their personal side of things. I know you don't want to bring some people might not want their wife and children on it, but you know, like if you're able to do stuff like that as well. Because the hype video for Sasha versus Bailey at Respect Takeover Respect that was mm-hmm. amazing. I mean, every time I watched that, I would end up welling up just thinking about that Brooklyn match. In the build, I thought, my God, this is going to be fucking sensational. So yep. I see what you're talking about. I don't think they um, touched each other before then. Don't think so. I, like I said, I just love that because 
it just builds anticipation even more for me. Aye. So keep keep the Royal Rumble in February, but uh, January, but just build better. Build better. Throw so, a title defence. Always put it boils down to do. just write throw better. Sorry, I saw always what it boils down to. People are talking about whole scale changes needing to be made. It just needs the shows just need to be written better. That's it. Written better and just some tweaks. It, like it doesn't. You don't need to overthink some of it. It's just you can just go back to basics. Unless you think uh, absolute golden moments like Buddy Murphy joining the prophecy. That's <laughs> sure. true. Um, right. Rancy's next question. With Tessa Blanchard making history this week, not the racist shit, <laughs> how would you book a female WWE champion and who would it be? I think with Sammy Callahan and Tessa Blanchard, that's been gone for a while. I know. Um, who would it be? There's only really one person I can think of who would it be. Uh, man's just going to be the same. Charlotte Flair. Yep. And you know the only other one that I would say, do you know what, we could actually go down with her? Who? Um, Shayna. Shayna. Yep. Believe Both believable. Yep. Um, how would we book her? <coughs> Suppose we would need to run, dominate through the women's division before leaving, before you're able to go say, right, well, now we're going to go to the men's. Uh-huh. Because how could you in what world could you possibly like well I've yet to even clean up my division but I'm going to go up and take on the men like clean out the women first then move over to make history um, well that's what they did with Kaylee Ray last year when she was the she was challenging Viper for the ICW women's title but before that mm-hmm. Kaylee Ray was having this story where she's like I'm done wrestling the women I'm fed up with that so she started having singles matches with men mm-hmm. and Viper was saying listen we can make history come back to us come back to the women and Kaylee Ray was saying no but she, obviously she eventually did on her yep. terms they could do something like that where Charlotte or we Shayna says that what's that? we were at that we're match there. Charlotte or Shayna could say listen this is too easy for us. I'm vacating this title. You can all fight amongst it over yourselves. I'm entering the men's Royal Rumble or I'm going to start claiming the ranks here in the men's division, start working on some mid-card stuff and then do it that way. Yeah. That's what I would do. I'd probably, I'd probably more so link to Shayna. I would love Shayna to be a, the champion of the world. <laughs> I think she's great. Right, so this now leads us to our very last question. And I say it in our group chat with us. We're not answering this, but we'll see. Right. The first UFC card was a tournament of fighters with different styles, i.e. sumo versus boxing, Muay Thai versus Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, etc., etc. If WWE ran that same tournament, but with wrestling styles, I want you to book it. I'll even give you a list to start. So he goes, High Fly would be Ricochet. Striker would be Alistair Black. Hardcore or Brawling would be Kevin Owens. The Big Power or Big Man would be Sheamus. Grappler, Cesaro. Submission, Samoa Joe. Lucha Libre, Andrade. Strong Style, Nakamura. There's your answer, Vance. <laughs> No, but we have to book it. Right, how about, to make it easy, 
Where's the list of categories? Right, I've got this. Right, who would your high flyer be, Ricky? Right, so we're not going to go with Rancy's suggestion and just do a tournament based off that? We'll do a tournament. I'm not going to go down the road of booking the tournament and who would win what. That's right, so high flyer would be Mustafa Ali. Correct answer. Striker? Um, yeah, I probably, I probably would stick with Alistair Black. Um, striker. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll go for we'll go for Alistair Black. Hardcore and brawling. KO one makes sense. Um, I mean, I would consider someone like <sighs> coffee, <laughs> <laughs> honest, or Dave Mastiff. Well, if you're talking, if you're talking like hardcore specifically, hmm. or just a brawling type style. Go Volter, I suppose. Volter, yeah. He could also be your power or your big man. Oh, Grappler. Grappler would be Daniel Bryan. See, I wasn't going to go with him. I wouldn't go for Cesaro as a grappler. If I was going to pick, it'd probably be Gulak. Sure, that's a good one, actually. That is a good one. Cesaro for power and big man. Yep. Or Keith Lee. Oh, yes. Yes, Keith Lee, please. Submission. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, Joe's fine with me. So Chalibri. Yeah, Andrade. The only one we'd probably say it would be Ray. I would fucking pick Andrade for strong style. So you who is Andrade your strong style? My, my strong style would be Daniel Bryan. And I know he's like toned down or whatever, but it would still be Daniel Bryan. And I'd just be like, CTE be fucked. Go do what you want. <laughs> I'm going to get that as a tattoo on my forehead. CTE be <laughs> fucked. <laughs> That's devastating. <laughs> Strong style. Oh. Roderick Strong. Oh. Roddy's so great. He is. He's, he's becoming a bit of an unsung hero. Because remember that week... <laughs> when Bobby Fish got injured and Roderick Strong was yep. he's wrestling in his fucking Chippendale attire mm-hmm. Calvin Klein's I've always been waiting for a day for Roddy to turn on him or them to turn on Roddy but I'm glad they've never ever done it it's quite funny Roddy's he's so bad on the promo side like he's terrible but he's such a good wrestler <laughs> sorry he's Roderick Strong's promo work's brutal 
but his actual <laughs> his wrestling's great. Like he just keeps. Um, he I just loves taking his top off as well. See, during the War Games match, I'm pretty sure he shouted at Dijak, feast your eyes on this, you big dork. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, so cringe, but it what works. Dork is, I guess, eh? I know. Dork, just in general. Sorry, Kyle. Oh, I'm sure Kyle doesn't mind. Yeah, that's a hard one. There's a few that could probably go into different categories. Grappler and submission would be Gulak, High Flyer Ali, Striker Ali, Alistair Black, Power Big Man Keith Lee, Submission Kyle O'Reilly, in fact, Lucha Libre, Kalisto just to piss off Rance. <laughs> no, we keep by Andrade. Andrade, he, did you see the pictures of him all over London today? Mm-hmm. He looked like an absolute superstar, didn't he? He's fucking stud. His big aviators, massive cheesy smile, the queen on his arm. Beautiful beard. Interviewed by all the hot press. Andrade must have been thinking at that moment, I am a fucking god right now. He really is a stunning looking man. Ladder match Mysterio next week. I want to pull up this photo of him actually. There he is there. He's beautiful. But he's living the life right now. That, I was See so, the jacket he's got on? I've got the exact same jacket. Well, you cool. look like him as well, so it doesn't doesn't surprise me. How the fuck do I look like him? I bet, I bet you they, they have great sex as well. I, I, I want them both to retire from wrestling and just go around the world and just fuck in every single country well why <laughs> I don't know it just seems such a cool thing to do I've got money he's a good looking guy she's attractive just fuck and be happy fuck the wrestling aye fuck the wrestling fuck the wrestler aye <laughs> uh, so I think that's it. No that's more it. So. Thank you for those who submitted a question. That was very generous of you. Filled out the show nicely. Uh, I just realised, Ricky, I mm-hmm. forgot to organise a quiz this week unless you have one sorted. <laughs> I thought you were going to have one. Oh, oh my God. Hmm. Oh, what have we done? It's not It's not that big a deal. We've. I'm all out of questions after the last year. Do you want to do a back and forth or some description where we'll do the whole wrestler, some name, first name thing? Oh, why not? Because it just goes fucking terribly wrong. Let's do it. It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. So the rules are first person to lose three times loses I will name a wrestler's full name and the the last letter of that wrestler's full name has to be the first letter of Ricky's wrestler that he picks and we've got to keep going and we can't hesitate too long because if we hesitate too long we lose a point okay yep just a 10 second fucking 
countdown that's it right I've got I've, I've, I'll keep an eye on the counter on my audacity here right so you go first since you're back on the show full time uh, right, fine, since we just spoke about them, Charlotte Flair. Rick Flair. Who's that, R? Mm-hmm. Um, Roderick Strong. No, no, I I said Flair because it was the R was the last letter, so I went with Rick, so... Oh, sorry, never mind me. <sighs> I'll, will I just take an L for that one? No, it's fine. Roderick Strong, okay. Gado... Oh, uh, oh, oh, I just want to say Canada, but I can't even say that. Um, I'm not sure if I can say Gado. It's fine. Oh, my God. Um, mm. <sighs> Five seconds left, four, three, two, one, zero. Oh, Lambert Jordan. Oh, right on the buzzer. Right, um, Nyla Rose. So it's that E, Eric Rowan. Oh, shit. Uh, Nia Jax. X. Xavier Woods. Shinsuke Nakamura. A. Um, AJ Styles. Uh, Steve Boston. Is that N? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said Nia Jax, didn't you? Yep. Uh, Five. Nyla Rose. It's already said her. Oh, did you? Uh-huh. Five, oh, sorry. four, um, three, two, one. Nickname F. <laughs> oh, does that count? Does it not? All right, okay. I'll give Make you... Make five seconds then if it doesn't count. Right, five, um, four, three, two, one. Natalia. Okay. Am I going with Natalia or Natalia Nightheart? No, I'll go with Natalia. Okay. A kid. D Dolph <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Eagles S <clears throat> S Five yeah, I don't want to see him three Sammy two. Guevara um, ACH H Hangman Page Eric Young G uh, 5 4 3 2 Gallus Oh fuck Does that count though? Does it not? That's a stable I'll give you five more seconds. Five, okay. four, three, two, one, zero. Couldn't you think? Finally, we've got a, a lost point on the board. Three, two to me. I will start with 
Chris Benoit. <laughs> the Undertaker. Oh, technicality, but I'll let you away with it. Um, oh, I nearly said something terrible there, but I won't. <laughs> uh, RVD, Rob Van Dam. Uh, Dijakovic. What? <laughs> what? I, I said Rob Van Dam. Oh, I just took RVD, sorry, D. Rob Van Dam, so. Let me see. Can I say Michael Cole? No. He has wrestled at WrestleMania. There we go. Right, so E, Edge. E again. I will go with... Five, four, three, two, one. Earthquake. <laughs> oh my word, Eddie Guerrero. I love the natural disasters. Eddie Guerrero, I will go with ODB. Oh my word. <laughs> now, are we going for the initials or the the whole name? No, I'll just go with the initials. What I wouldn't do, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes, that's what I said. Uh, Dominic Dijakovic. Let's see. Uh, Five, four, three, two. Candice Lerae. Another E. We're running out of E wrestlers, surely. Ah, oh, some Eddie guy. That's not Guerrero. I don't know. Five. Four, three, two, one. <clears throat> so, did I just pick any random one? Aye, two each. Um, Umaga. Or Umanga. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke. Alistair Black. Is that K? Kane. Oh, fuck off with the E's. Five, four, three, two. Enzo Amore. Amore. So is that E? Aye. <laughs> Eddie Dennis. That's it. <laughs> um, Steve Blackman. That yeah. sounded. That didn't sound how I wanted it to sound. Not, not even in the slightest. Apologies, Steve Blackman. <laughs> Uh, I will go with who will I go with can't go with them five New Jack oh good one Kofi Kingston is that N Mm -hmm. I will go with Hmm. N again Jesus (laughs) Nick Aldis Oh, um, Sammy Zane. Oh, 
Then again, Nicky Cross. Good shout. Stevie Richards. Steve who? Richards. Yes. Sabu. Oh, you bugger. Mm. Five, four, three, no, two, nothing. one. Shit. Um, oh, lost two uh, points. Was Brock finally Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, right? Roderick Strong. G. Mhm. Um, Jeans, let's see. Yokozuna. A Shana. Is that right? Did I say that right? Shana. Shana. Uh, a. Adam Cole. Ah, oh, S.A. Rios. Was that S? <laughs> Remember him? Yes. Scott Hall. Am I allowed to say him? Uh huh. WCW name. Do you say the next person that loses? That's it. This is, this is dragging on. So much dead air. We've got a ticking clock in your background, so I can't think Four. of anything, by the way. Three. I was going to say Leroy Lita, but he's a, a footballer, so... Yes, yes. Right, so that's it. Thank so who's God John? L? Uh-huh. Oh, uh, Liv Morgan. Who? Liv bloody Morgan, the talk of the town yep. right now. Lance Archer. Lance Storm. Yep, I was going to say Lance Armstrong there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay Dorado. So many. Lita. Lars Sullivan. <laughs> oh, big Lars. <laughs> big Mitch Bennett. <laughs> it's not even what he'd done that is bad, because there's nothing fucking wrong with it. If you want to do that, go ahead and do it. It's all the shit you said after it. I know, that's it. Uh, he, he clearly had some brutal demons going on inside his head. Ladies and gents, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Rick and Clive Wrestling Show, which is part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network, on which you will in which you will find other shows such as One Nation Radio, <laughs> on which you will find other shows such as One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, Grown Men Watch This Shit, All Things Elite, and Get in the Ring. Drop a, a five-star review on the podcast app of your choice. Um, you can also press the donate button, which is in the show notes, if you want to donate some money towards us becoming podcasting house husbands somewhere down the line. We've also got t-shirts at prowrestlingtees.net. And go there and look great for a big christening that you're going to next week or something like that. Where, <laughs> wherever you want to go, wearing a Rick and Clive or a Social Suplex t-shirt. 
Um, socialsuplex.com has the podcasts and the, any columns that come out and you can get them sent directly to your email inbox by pressing the subscribe button um, speaking of columns I have started a new series on the main page of Lords of Pain columns stuff called the brand extension and I've done one recently about NXT's women's division and how just fucking excellent that is right now so check that out, head over there um, Facebook, we're in the Reston Squared Circle Facebook group and also we are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter I think that's us for the plugs, Ricky I think that is OK, I think that's us as well I haven't got a joke for you this week you'll be glad to know uh, No, well it's my first podcast of the year or first official one but I was, I was hoping we'd get a, a joke. Eh. Uh, no. But sad news, actually. I don't know really what end on, on this, but Rocky Johnson has just passed away. Has he? The father of the rock. Oh, dear. It's a shame. What, what was wrong with him? What happened? Uh, know, just, think, you know, he was seventy-five. I, just old age. I don't know if he wasn't, if he was unwell. I can't say. That's sad. That is. Rest in peace. Yep. That's a shame. Well, we've kind of ended on a sober note, but there's no other way at the moment to end it. So, shall we? Shall we con- eat, finish for the evening then? Yep. Right, thanks for listening. This has ended up all awkward, but what can you do? Bit of sad news like that. Thanks for listening, ladies and gents, and we'll be back with you next week. Good night. Take take care, folks. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.